your host of The Cell. I invite you to listen to our program every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. I want to thank our listeners for tuning back in. We are getting ready to listen to part three of Dr. Pal Desai, who works at the Ohio State Comprehensive Cancer Center, on our discussion about sickle cell disease. If you happen to miss part one and two, I ask you that you please go back to WGRN 94.1 and log into the archives of the cell. So I ask you to please sit back and relax and continue to enjoy our discussion with Dr. Desai. Annie, do you have any other questions that you would uh, like to ask Dr. Desai? Well, you know, this has been an issue, ER and, and charting and, you know, like she says, staff one day and, you know, where you don't look sick. So the, that's the most common issue that, you know, our adult patients face, because again, coming from the pediatric world, when you go into the ER, you know, the, the goal is to get you where you need to go rapidly going into the adult ER. It's a, it's a whole different animal. Um, you know, we've literally had patients who had to call the ambulance to get transferred out of their ER to go somewhere else. Um, we had a patient who died in the ER waiting room. So we've had, you know, and we've had, you know, so many things that, and, you know, the problem is that um, you have hospitals that do it well. And you have hospitals that are horrible because, you know, they don't understand the nature of a sickle cell patient. They don't understand, um, I can come in there and I can talk to you and I can tell you everything. That does not mean I'm not having a crisis. It's just that I have to learn how to work through, um, you know, so I know what it's like to come into an ER, um, you know, that I get Dilaudid. So, you know, it's like, Hey, if I get to the point where I need to get a shot and get laid on a cold table and get a shot and have an IV, it's horrible because, you know, they're looking at me like, um, I said, look at my chart. And because, you know, if I have to come to the ER and I'm, you know, and I'm going blind because I have a migraine on 32 and my ears are ringing, I'm telling you what I need. So look in the chart and they go, oh my God, you know, you've had this. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that, you know, you can be in that much pain and somebody can look at you and go, you don't look at that much pain. I have to tolerate. I drove myself here and then they take my blood pressure and they're like, oh my God, you're at stroke safe. That is why I'm here. I'm, I'm going blind in one eye. I can't hear. I need a shot. <laughs> so I'm at right. that point. And it's, like, it, it's rare. I've only had to have it twice, thank God. But when I get to that point and I mean, I if I don't catch it, if I don't take my medication, if I don't catch it, you know, I've had to call the ambulance or somebody has to drive me to the ER and I need a shot and they have to just lay me in the room, put, make it dark, put me on a cold table, run the ER. I mean, it's horrible. And I can understand that. And, and you know, being told, like, you don't look like you're in that much pain. Like, I literally cannot see out of my right eye. I'm, right. I'm telling you that I'm going blind right now. So it's like, they, and they don't get it. So. And, you know, some things just happen. So I can understand how patients can sit there and be in so much pain. And people look at you, well, you know, like she said, you know, we got this heart attack. We got this stabbing. We got this shooting victim. 
and you know you're you're sitting here joking with your family because that's how this it's a coping mechanism and patients have learned to cope with it because sometimes that weight is is a while before they can get to you thank god we have our day clinic thank god we have the staff here at the old state the Ohio state university and it needs to be replicated across the country so that's all i gotta say about that well and and again i i think that there's been I don't think, and I, I don't claim that every single person, every single experience has been perfect, right? Because we, we learn from um, all of this. And, and it's sad that, again, it takes some of the experiences that Annie talks about to learn from those experiences. But it's, 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 we talk about this all of the time. I get a I get a weekly update about how long it took people to get their pain medicines in the ER if they ended up having to go to the ER. We're expanding that to our day hospital. We want to know these things. If you don't know the data, if you don't know where things are and you don't um, know where things have been for people, you won't be able to address it and you won't be able to get them the help they need. And even with this, it's constant change. It's constant learning and it's constantly um, being able to change based on what you hear from patients and experiences. Um, but the goal would be that we would be, we, we may never be 100% perfect, but we'll be good and we'll be much, much better than where we were when we started. I can say amen to that. Yeah. Ernie, do you have another question that you would like to ask Dr. Desai? Just, uh... If people want more information on sickle cell disease, uh, where, where should they go? So I like to always go to sites that are .org, um, so, or .gov, or .um, rather than the .coms, I try to stay away from um, as much. So whether that is um, looking at um, it, the information provided from um, NIH, whether that is looking at some of the websites that um, provide information in terms of um, the national societies. I think that um, actually the person I would ask is Annie with all of the connections with the um, Ohio Sickle Cell Health Association and the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America, because that is that is what they do so well in terms of um, being able to help and advocate for patients and, and being able to bring information um, and educate our patient population. So I'll actually ask Annie to help me with this one. Why sure. Annie, you give Why me? sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Sickle Cell Disease Association of America. Um, so, and then Ohio Sickle Cell, um, OhioSickleCell.org. We are here um, for the state of Ohio. We are the national lead here in the state of Ohio. And then, you know, um, I tell people all the time, you know, Google, look at the facts, go to the Center for Disease Control. Because sickle cell disease, I mean, we have a whole page on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, and it tells it's updated because we work with NIH, SCDAA, um, the Hematology Society, we work with ASH. So we work with all those organizations to come with the most updated information. And we have our own committee, MERAC, and we work with them to come up with what we need. So, um, you know, Centers for Disease Control, 
Sickle Cell Disease Association of America, House Sickle Cell and Health Association. Uh, we're here to give you that correct information, the correct facts, and um, no fluff, no data, just correct facts on sickle cell disease. So that's what we're here for. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully I can, um, you know, maybe in about another month or two, I can ask you to come on and we can dig in deeper about the gene therapy and the bone marrow, you know, because, um, like you said, there are some pros, you know, before there are things that need to take place and don't necessarily happen before you even have the bone marrow transplant or the gene therapy. And there's things that take place afterwards because a lot of our listeners do feel that those are cures. And, and they are. They read, and they are. Well, they read it at the first line yeah. that, that that is 100% cure. <laughs> and then we have right. to break it down to them. <laughs> yeah. I think that part is so hard. And again, what it means. And I mean, even just kind of seeing folks like, they're like, I'm done. I don't have to come see you. I'm like, yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. I have to see you every week for a while. Let's take a step back. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, We. it's work. It's not easy. And it's, it's, like real dedication. I mean, it takes a year of your life where you're fully committed to just being, Definitely. you know, yeah. Yeah, my mom minimally. had a bone marrow transplant and yeah, my mom had a bone marrow transplant. She had to go in, they had to, you know, crack her hip, get the marrow. They had to give her all these injections to increase. They harvested right. oh, bone marrow back and she's only at 20% production. So she still is not I mean, even with that, you know, after going through that and going through all that painful stuff and she still has to do her chemo and then she has a different cancer where she's doing radiation. So it's, it's, it's just hard. It has been horrible, I mean, for her to go through that because her body would, would reject any of us. Her body wouldn't take anybody else's. So she had, they had to harvest. They had to inject her for weeks to harvest her cells. She had to be at a certain cell count for them to take it out. Oh, my God. It's just horrible. It's horrible. So to go through that and it doesn't work. So that's just the yeah. worst part. Right. That's right. The worst part. I, I think that that part is really scary, right? That you could you could go through all of this. And I mean, again, the people that are going and embarking on that journey, that is not the hope. Even if they say they understand the possibility that their hope is that, as it should be, is that they will not be that person, is that they will be the person that is cured and that um, they will not have to suffer and they will hopefully be able to, um, you know, again, kind of be the person at that part of the statistic that everything's so much better. If you guys excuse me for a minute, we need to take an identification break. Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Cell on 94.1 FM, WGRN, and WGRN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, nobody has a plan B. And I told my mom, I go, you got to have a plan B, mom. Well, yeah. doctor, I said, Mom, you got to have a plan B. You have to, Mom, it's, you know, you have to, 
everybody, you know, everybody's different. Your body, genetic wise, you're already sick. You're doing chemo, liquid chemo, and radiation. Something's not going to give. So you got to have plan B if, you know, you got to right. have plan B. And we're still in COVID. I mean, it's so many things that, and then I told her, I said, you know, you're going to have to, you know, doctor sat her down and go, I, I said, you know, you're going to have to take all your immunizations over again. She goes, no, I don't. He, he talks, yeah. he goes, well, you know, you had radiation, chemo, all your childhood immunizations, you got to take over. It's gone. Because they're gone. It's gone. All that's yeah. gone. So it's yeah. like, you know, you know, everything, measles, mumps, rubella, poly, all of that. You know, you're subject to all of these different things and now COVID and now this. I mean, you know, and it's it's crazy. So it's a whole yeah, you may get it, like you say, but all that other stuff that comes with, you know, erasing your DNA and jump starting yeah. it again, everything's gone. You're a new person, it's gone. And you have yeah. to start over and people don't know that side of it. Yeah. Well, that's why we're going to have that conversation in about a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. People yeah. Know that side of it. I feel that it's important to know that, uh, like I said, they'll come and say, oh, did you see? There's a cure. There's no more sickle cell. And I feel it's important for them to know that there is things that you have to be eligible for at the front end. There's things that go on during, during the process or after the procedure. And then what happens long term? and things oh, after yes. that. So yeah, I like to have that conversation in the future. I'm definitely looking for September the 10th uh, because I can't wait to hear about the hope that we have. Like Annie asked you the question, where do you expect us to go five years from now? Or what do you expect to happen? You know, So that's the same question we're putting the word hope on. And I love how you said, if you could just make everybody, just heal everybody and take you didn't say take a wand, but I'll say it, you know, because I was visualizing just taking a wand when you said it. <laughs> heal, 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 heal. That, you know, you would do that. But reality, it isn't that way. So I'll be reaching back out to you. And I'm going to have a wand at the, at the podium for you, Dr. Desai. You're going to have what? Oh, Lord. A wand. Oh, goodness. A wand. No, oh, my. No, yes, no, no. Oh, my you're goodness. <laughs> So she can be, you know, a healer with that for a whole good minute. In the oh, my everybody gosh. Here. Oh. <laughs> okay, Dr. Stock right. said she's not coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Thank you. Thank that you. That was all. really nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, she was real nice because you were on the phone. She let oh us my talk. Gosh. <laughs> well, thank you all for having me. Really, I appreciate it. We sure do appreciate you coming on and talking with us and sharing with our listeners about sickle cell disease and what it is that you do. I want to thank everyone that's been on this call today. And with that being said, this is Felice. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. 
You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Faith Thomas FDN.